Uh, I'm so happy in Heron America today to bring on an incredible comedian and great guest, TJ Joachim. Hey, Rick. Thanks for having me, man. I'm very excited to, to talk to you, and we can't wait to see where this goes. Now, I have never really heard Creole, and I'm wondering, what, if I came to, came to see you in Haiti, how would you greet me? What, what would be my, my introduction in Haitian Creole? I was like, this is the most terrifying moment of me with this interview is, oh, damn, how do I get his name right? So I'm going to let you just tell me your, how you pronounce your last name. All right. Well, let's, let's go through the whole shebang. Okay, so, go. The way it's pronounced, because my name is French, uh-huh. uh, it's Latin. Joachim is how it's pronounced. Joachim. Joachim, yeah. Okay. But I Americanized it a little bit. And it's like, you know that ball player that used to play for the Bulls, uh, Joe Kim Noah? Yeah, yeah. So Joe Kim is how you pronounce it in English. It's also a Germanic name. It's, uh, I know a couple of German people with that name. Ah. And, yeah, so there's the French pronunciation, there's the English slash Germanic pronunciation, but because I'm in show business, I, I just too much of a risk of people butchering it. I just go by TJ. That makes it easy for everybody. Yeah, so, you know, I, I got the same kind of problem, but being on the Mexican side of this thing, my last name's Najera. Like, and it's like, it's Najera. like yeah, so yeah. The, the J's like this, okay. you know, Rick, very English sounding name, you know, normal white name, right? Mm-hmm. It's Rick. And then all of a sudden you right. get, to, get to my last name and all of a sudden we're into an Arabic war cry. It's like, you know, Rick Najera, which is terrifying. Nahera. Yeah, yeah. And then when I would audition as an actor, a lot of times, I'd walk in the room and spend 30 minutes giving a Spanish lesson to a casting director. And then they'd look at me oh and go, I'm just going to call you Rick. Haitians speak Creole, you know, uh, correct? I want to make yes. sure. Yes. And it, um, I would say 100% of Haitians speak Creole. Mm-hmm. And those of us that were lucky enough to get a, a decent education, mm-hmm. uh, we learned French in school. So I would say mm, uh, maybe 30 to 40%. I don't know if it's even that much. Yeah. Let me say a quarter of Haitians can actually speak French. Mm-hmm. It's the unofficial language of the country, but the actual language is we all speak Creole, Haitian Creole and then French. Yeah, so if you, I mean, if you went to France, you would be fine to navigate. Yeah, yeah, I would friend. be fine. I, I'm one of the lucky ones. I went to decent schools so where I learned how to speak French fluently. Wow, that's great. You know, now, how, what is the yeah. big, biggest, like, when, when you're standing before an, an audience, I've seen your sets are great. Um, when you say you're from Haiti, um, what is the expectation do you find Americans have with that? You know, it's, it's very interesting because I've, I've played with that. I've experimented with yeah. Where sometimes I'll do a set and I will not, you know, I have a couple of jokes about being from Haiti, being a Haitian. Yeah. And if I don't do these jokes, I can feel there's this impatience in the audience to pin me down. Like, who, where are you from? Because we can tell there's an accent. Yeah. But we don't want to assume. We don't know. So we kind of, we need to pin you down before we can actually listen to you. Mm-hmm. So they want to know and it, it, it's there and I can feel it. And then once I address it, then they're like, oh, okay. Then they're like, all right, you are something we know now. We can put you somewhere in our mind. Yeah. Yeah. Because so now, because, now, 
Either that or you can say, I just have a horrible speech impediment. I don't know what's wrong with me. I was born in Connecticut. Could be another way to approach it. <laughs> but but You were born in Connecticut. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm born in Connecticut. I have an accent. That's all. I mean, I, with me, you know, same thing. Because like being Mexican, a lot of people will, well, I, like I would do stand up and I'd perform my father. And the joke is funnier when I gave okay. when I gave him an accent. So if I gave my father an accent, like, yeah. like Rick, listen to me, son, listen to me, and my father would actually go, you you know, I don't have an accent. And I go, I know, but it's not as funny if I don't give you an accent. And, yeah, and isn't that People weird? Love accents, accents are just funny. They're naturally funny for some reason. Yeah, naturally funny. It's just it's just something about it. But I I would have to do that, and I I'd, I'd feel bad because it wasn't. You know, I, I believe, and I'm, I'm sure you do too, that comedy comes from truth, but we also have to perform. So there's also ways to yeah, deliver. Some, you know, it comes from truth. Sometimes a little bit of a lie doesn't hurt. No, no, you can't. I mean, it's, it makes a joke then. If it's in the service of your jokes and performance, it's fine. Yeah. Now, is there a point in your life, and I, I ask comics this, and, and I, I, that where you feel, is there ever going to be a point where you feel you've made it? Uh, no, no, I don't even like that term because mm. I find it to be like, it's not something entertainers or, or artists or anyone should use because first of all, it's empty. Yeah. It's like, what does it even mean? Like, what are the terms that you've, you've uh, established for yourself? So that, that means, let's say, okay, let's say I made it. So now I stop striving to be better. I start striving to live a good life. Do I stop striving to get better at my craft? Do I stop striving? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it comes with so many things. Yeah. Just yeah. to think in those terms. I, I think what is smart to do, and mm-hmm. which is what I've got to do, is, like, finding your own definitions of what is satisfying to you. Mm-hmm. Like, give yourself a, a number or, or, or a price. What is your price? Mm-hmm. Like, if will I be... Uh, satisfied if I have, let's say, $250,000 in the bank. And that way I cannot be bought for $2 million because I feel like I don't need $2 million. Yeah. That kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I think, you know, I th- you're very smart that way because I, I agree. I, th- I think life is a process. And I think people have this false idea. Like I, I remember early in my career, I was, I was on a soap opera. I was like a summer storyline and everyone recognized me. And, and I was like, Wow. And someone said, you've made it. And I said, I said, I hope not, because the, what, do you, yeah. what do you do after that? You know, it's like, oh, well, you know, remember me on General Hospital? Hey, you know, it's it's, yeah, it's like there's nothing else to do. Yeah, that there's was nothing. it. Yeah, I did that. You know, now retire at, at 21. So I, I, I think you're absolutely right. I think I think what it is, is is almost never making it, it, it because making it is is a false term. It's you're always in the process because if you, I think you have to make the the standards for yourself. Like for me, I, I wrote a play that was on Broadway. Wow, I sound like I make it. No, I needed to write another one or I need to create something else. And it's that constant artist in you, us that is looking for mm-hmm. the the next peak. You know, the next the next place you yeah. can climb to because we understand and you do, especially now in your career, is that. You're seeing, you know, I mean, imagine when you first started out and now imagine where you're at now and and where you're at now right. is not as good as where you're going to be in a year from now and on and on and on. And I think exactly. 
Exactly. And 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 by the way, just to clarify, like I don't want people to think me and you are saying that you shouldn't celebrate your accomplishments. Yeah. You should celebrate them. Not just you should enjoy them and let them be what they are, but you shouldn't let them stop you from going further. That's why we're against this idea of making. Yeah, because what it is 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 you're savoring the moment. It's like you're seeing a beautiful sunset. It's the most beautiful sunset you've ever seen, a great moment in your life. And it's like, I'll take a selfie. You're out of the moment because now you're thinking, of t- I better take a selfie and all that. And we're in a selfie culture where... where and then I got to put it on Instagram. And then I got to see how many likes it gets. And if it doesn't get the amount of likes I want, then that moment is ruined. That sunset is no longer beautiful yeah. because... People that follow me that I've never met in my entire life did not judge it to be as beautiful as I thought it was. Now I'm sad. Yeah. And then you go, God, your sunset only got 23 likes. Can you do better? And then you're blaming God and you're just in that downward (laughs) spiral of depression. So you're absolutely right. It's a really stupid way to live our lives. Just enjoy the sunset for yourself. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, you talk about in your act, you and in your work, you, you deal a lot with uh, issues of race. Yeah, you actually talk about slavery. Uh, your 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 act is not full of slavery yeah. jokes. I just want to tell everyone that. I do, I do. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah I th- my, well, my act is not for everyone. If you if you want to come in and sit there and be okay with being challenged and being a little bit uncomfortable, then you have a good time. But if you're a little hypersensitive, it might not be for you. That's yeah. But that's also what I love about you, is that you're not scared in a truthful and honest way. You're listening to the Nahara in America podcast. The podcast that isn't afraid to tell it like it is to people who aren't afraid to hear like it is. You can listen to us on Revolver Podcasts or wherever you find your finer podcasts. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. I appreciate it. Yeah, it, it is very, you know, it's truthful, it's honest, it's your story. And, you know, that can never be duplicated because, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, how many, I'm sure there's just a, a plethora of Haitian comics right now in New York. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm joking yeah. about that. But you're unique. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're unique and you're telling your story. And I like the fact that, you know, it, it's what a conversation is. A conversation can be uncomfortable. You don't know where it's going to go. And where you have yeah. a conversation with the audience. So that's what's great. Has, have you ever run into an audience that was just like, oh, my, oh, this is not working at all? What's the, what's the toughest audience you've, you've worked in front of? Oh, especially right now. Well, now that comedy has been shut down. But right before uh, yeah. quarantine mm-hmm. started, like, so, like, I don't, I don't know if you still perform live, but you used you get the actual feeling that there's a there's a shift in how the audience listens mm. because you know it, it, it's super woke now. People are very hyper, the hypersensitive, and there are certain words. Just hearing the word can cause the audience to tune you out, mm-hmm. even if they, they don't even wait to listen to the actual joke or the perspective or the premise of it. Just the word that they may not like. Yeah. Then it's a problem. Mm-hmm. So people have gotten way more sensitive, which makes it a little bit more difficult to do the type of comedy that I do. But I also think that means it's even more necessary now for me to do it because people still need it. There yeah. are people who still need it, even though we're being told we can't handle this. 
but we are. We can handle it. We are adults. We're supposed to go to a comedy club and listen to someone else from a different walk of life tell us things that maybe we're not going to hear in our immediate circle, in our office, where people are just like us. I think yeah. it's very important to still do that. So I love the fact that you're authentic and, and, and you're telling your story. And what's it's also refreshing is, is you're, you're still, you're, you're still in that stage where you're, you're, you're not jaded. That's what I, I love about you. When I, I saw your comedy, I didn't sense, I, I sense there's a, a fun to you and you're, you're yeah, exploring. Yeah. It's a, it's, I'm, I'm proud of that. And thank you for saying that. It, it, it's pretty easy to, to get jaded. Yeah. It doesn't even matter how many years. Cause I know people who've been doing it five, six years that already feel jaded. You just got to keep yourself uh, excited about comedy itself. The jaded part comes from the business side of it, where you feel like you're not making the headways that you wish you were making. You're not getting the, the credit that you wish you were getting. And, mm-hmm. you know, that part can get to you. You get sad and depressed and then you hate everything. And if that bleeds into your work, then it sucks because if you jet it up there, the audience can feel it. Yeah, they can feel it. They, and can... they, they won't care about it because they can feel you don't care about it because you just go into the motion. I'm gonna, I'm you got to remember why you're doing it. Do you love it? Then mm-hmm. keep doing it because you love it and you're still excited about it. I love watching comedy. Yeah. And I, I hate to say it. If you're looking bad in your life and going... Yeah, I'm gonna be that five percent that for some reason they give it to me and it just attracts it. You know, yeah. um, then that's the scary part. Yeah, it's, it's very tricky, and you know, like even when it started, I knew it was gonna be a difficult to contain this virus. Right, you kind of have to listen to your thoughts. Yeah, and just act as a unified group. But that's just not what America. Is. Part of the American identity is you don't know, get to tell me what to do. Yeah. And you know, during the the AIDS crisis, of course, Haiti, you know, was 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 featured a lot to a lot of people because in the beginning it was like, oh, well, if you're Haitian, you could you could die of AIDS, and it's like, no, that's right, you can be yeah. Rock Hudson. Well, that, I'm glad you know that. Let me give you some props, by the way, for knowing that. Oh. A lot of people don't know that, and I remember talking. I was on a panel with a couple of Haitian scholars, and we were talking about it. Because mm-hmm. it's a very painful thing to have as part of your history. Yeah. You know, like when AIDS first came out, it used to be called four H's. They didn't have the name AIDS yet for it as a disease. Mm-hmm. Well, they had it, but the name wasn't popular. So they would go four H's. And one of the H, the letter H, was Haitian. Yeah. And then Haiti got hit with the, the earthquake, uh, which was devastating. I don't know if you were there during that time. Um, were you in Haiti during the earthquake? You know... It was a, a very strange moment in my life because I missed it, but the, the way I missed it was very interesting. So earthquake happened January 2010, right? Mm-hmm. And I was in America at the time, and I had planned for December to go home <clears throat> to my sister's wedding. She was getting married in December 2009. Mm-hmm. But I also was planning to study abroad when I was in college, I was going to go to Florence, Italy, mm-hmm. to do a semester abroad. Yeah. So my passport was at the Italian embassy waiting for a visa because they kept it for a whole month. I thought they were going to give it back to me in time, but they did it. And that prevented me from going to Haiti. So I had to cancel my trip to Haiti. And... I ended up being here. I don't know what could have happened if I was home because I know I'm, I like being in the streets. I like going out with my friends. 
Mm-hmm. So I missed it in a very strange type of circumstance. Now, you're doing comedy around the country now. I mean, of course, during COVID, you can't. But how are you right now creating comedy uh, while you're waiting for the chance to be live? You're trying to move forward and try to find a way. And I've done some of the Zoom shows. They're not the best. Mm-hmm. But there's some, there's actually, a lot of them are pretty bad. But yeah. it's just something you do give yourself a semblance of normalcy. But what I did find, which was my favorite thing, I got to do it for two and a half months. I found a, this hotel in Brooklyn, and they had a backyard that was really cute and a nice setup. And I brought an amp and a microphone, and I spoke to the owner, and they let me do my thing. So I was doing a comedy show there every Sunday. <laughs> it was outdoors and safer to the people. Mm-hmm. That's and great. you just wear a mask, bring your mask, and socially distance. The place could hold like maybe 150 people, but we capped it at 40 just to make sure everybody was okay. Mm-hmm. And we were having a really good time. But now that the winter's here, it's I had to end it because it's too cold to do it outside. Yeah. So now I got to figure out what I'm going to do for the winter. Maybe go back and indoors on some socially distanced capacity. There's not a lot of places doing it. Mm-hmm. Or I'm just going to stay creative in different areas of my life. I can write some of the scripts I've been working on because I can't really go out and do stand-up. So the important thing is just to keep yourself working, find a way to do what you love to do. You know, because it's not just happening to me. It's happening to the whole world. So yeah. I can't be selfish to be like, oh, I can't do comedy anymore. Well, it's not you. People can't even work. Yeah. So we got to find a way. So that's what I'm trying to do. Well, I think you're doing great. I mean, laughter is your purpose. And you will make that purpose work in, in so many different ways. And it's true. You know, you're, right. how many comics do I know that would go, oh, I did this set and I tried out one joke and it really worked. And then you go, what would you do today? Well, I was sleeping, and then I got up and I wrote maybe a half a joke, a premise. <laughs> then you go, and you think, yeah, it's really easy to be lazy in this business. It really is. It really is. You have to motivate yourself to say, "I'm, I'm going to keep working. I'm going to keep trying material out." That's the beauty of it. You know what I miss out of this whole thing? I miss performing live. After I put out the special, I immediately started building another set, which would become the the next hour for. Mm-hmm. That special, whenever my second special, whenever that time comes, yeah. so I would have that act. But the, on the other side of it, I'm also working on, on this project for a TV show that I'm really proud of. I wrote the pilot and I'm writing a couple of episodes. Mm, great. So I'm, I'm keeping that in the wraps. And then hopefully when the world opens up again, I can go out there and pitch it and try to sell it. But it's a very personal project and I'm very excited about it. Well, that's great. I mean, I, I, I can't wait. TJ, when the world opens up again, that I'm sitting with you in New York, uh, having a drink, watching you do a set, and uh, living life. TJ, I'm going to be looking for all the work you're doing. I, I have great hopes for you. Um, I love the fact you love what you're doing. Simple as that. You keep that. There's, you've made it in the best sense of the word. Was, <laughs> <laughs> no, let's do it again. Okay, this was terrible. You, you want to do it again? Okay, brother. We'll do it again. All right. TJ, it's great having you on the show. I, I, I think the world of you, man. I cannot wait to see you in person. Thanks, brother, for coming on. Nahara Thank you, brother. Thank you. Thank you. You're listening to the Nahara in America podcast. 
the podcast that isn't afraid to tell it like it is to people who aren't afraid to hear like it is. You can listen to us on Revolver Podcasts or wherever you find your finer podcasts. Join us next week for more on Heron America.